When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Alrighty. Uh, so before we re- uh, start this pod, I, the NBA announced last night that it's going to cancel the remainder of the season due to the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, according to the NBA, Utah Jazz center Rudy Gobert uh, actually has the coronavirus itself. He ca- I think he had it, got it a couple of days ago. Don Mitchell was recently announced as well having coronavirus. So the league subsequently decided to cancel the remainder of the season uh, or delay it. Um, guys, what are your impressions? What's your takeaways from the situation? Um, for me personally, uh, Rudy Gobert, seeing the video of him touching all the mics recently and not really taking it seriously and then being the first one infected in the NBA, I don't want to point fingers, but um, I mean, because it could have happened to anyone, to be honest with you. But at the same time, it's it's, I'm glad the NBA – pretty much the NBA had to shut down after an incident like that happened. As soon as a player gets it, uh, there is no choice. And I truthfully don't know when they should come back. I mean, right now it seems like it seems inevitable that that regular season is pretty much done. And now should they push the playoffs or not? Yeah. Uh, it's, I was shocked. I was, uh, last night, um, you know, it was right in the middle of the Dallas game yep. uh, when they came out with the announcement. Uh, and, of course, we did a pod yesterday where, I mean, even me, me and myself, I minimized the seriousness of this, thinking that it would kind of blow over. And, you know, clearly it's something now that, you know, it, it is a pandemic. It's no longer, it's no longer an epidemic. It's, it's, it's global. Um, you know, Look, it's it's important to, you know, Rick Carlisle said there's a fine line between, uh, you know, uh, panic and being informed, right? Um, so it's important that the league is taking these precautions. Like Christian said, as soon as a player got it, right, that's when the league had to cancel uh, or put the, the season on hiatus because you couldn't then have them those athletes playing against each other or interacting with fans. Um, and, I mean, obviously, Brandon, too, there's the issue with the Raptors, right? We just played the Jazz. Well, that's a good point. The, uh, the Raptors are currently in quarantine right now as well. Um, that, that's a good point, though, you've mentioned before, Greg. I think yesterday when we were recording the podcast, we didn't really – um, express the severity of the situation. And, and now, you know, what's obviously happened, especially what happened last night and leading into this morning, it's it's a global pandemic. And, um, 
you know, obviously the virus doesn't seem like it's going to be contained anytime soon. And I, I don't envision the league uh, even commencing playoffs anytime soon. Like, Graf, do you see them maybe doing in the summertime, shortening the off season? Like, how do you think that breaks down? I mean, uh, so recently tennis just announced a 10-week sort of ban. Um Again, no, no one knows, right? Like no one knows where the state of the world will be in ten day or in ten weeks. So it's it's it it is hard to say. I mean, again, uh, you look at cases in China, it, it, it's going down technically, so it's been yeah. limited there. Um, again, the what Greg said earlier, the spread of information is hard right now because there's just so much of it coming out. So it's it's really just take it with a grain of salt. But uh, I, I do think, in the end of the day, um. Look, sports in general are a money-making business. And something this serious, it would take something this serious to actually have no fans be an option because that, that was number one, right? Like they, they didn't want to kill the business in general and say no games. They wanted no fans. So at least there's still yeah. revenue from television. And then honestly, March Madness without fans or any other league, that would probably be the best ratings in years. That's probably the only reason why it's going on, even though a coach in the NCAA had it. Um, well, it's, it's more justifiable in the NCAA because I don't want to get all hippity-dippity, but, you know, the NBA is for the fans. For a large part, I think NCAA March Madness is for the players, right, for the academic institution as well, right? So I, I, I can see that, but I think the NBA not having fans there, like, I just I, I can't envision that happening. Like, that, that, that needs to happen, especially in professional sports. To be honest... Sorry, Grant, go ahead. No, 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 I was just going to say, like, I, I I, don't see them playing out the rest of the regular season. There's not much to play for anyways. If you look at the Eastern Conference, there's like a four-game gap anyways between Orlando and the next best. Same without West. In my mind, you could end this 10 weeks from now, start the playoffs. You'd pretty much really only be three weeks behind your regular schedule. It wouldn't be the end of the world. The only loser right now is uh, Vince Carter. <laughs> Doesn't really have his retirement tour anymore. I mean, that three last night, though, that was that was pretty iconic as his last play. Um, hey, so, look, uh, another thing to keep in mind, like, the vaccine uh, is being developed. And, again, I'm not an epidemiologist, but just from a what? an epidemiologist, it's like a public New word health of the day. <laughs> it's like uh, public health professionals dealing with um, di- like uh, intravenous drug use. Uh, some some epidemiologists uh, deal with 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 drug addiction. Um, but anyways, my point is like I'm not 100 percent sure, but from what I understand, there is a vaccine being developed that right will will be circulated or at least in a in a test run by April. That that was the goal. Uh, so in theory, it could be just a temporary hiatus. And like, Gra- like Graf alluded to, it seems like the standings are pretty set. I don't know if any team has a good case right now to say that they got screwed by this, right? Like the Eastern Conference to me is pretty set, right? Even those teams battling in the middle, like it maybe it affects which team gets home court, but it, it's pretty set that Milwaukee's one, we're two. Uh, Boston is pr- looks like pretty set on three, and then you have Miami, uh, Indiana, and Philly kind of battling it out there for four, five, six. But to me, the playoff seedings wouldn't even be affected that much. Uh, the players would get a bit of a rest, and you could start the the playoffs almost on or close to on schedule. 
Hey, all these teams in seven and eight, even nine, are all posturing at the end of the day. You're, they're not, you know, anything could happen in the NBA. But you're talking about the Lakers, Clippers, number one seed in the West, and you got the Bucks yeah. in the East. You know, it's a foregone conclusion, more or less, especially in the NBA. <clears throat> all right, guys, any last takeaways with this? You know what the first thing I thought of with all this? Space Jam. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you remember Explain. in Space Jam when this happened? Right when uh, Del Harris, who was the coach of the Lakers, uh, when he was in China, uh, and then he accidentally released this like massive global flu. And where was it again? <laughs> no, do you remember? And Vladdy Divas, right, was talking how like the players aren't going to be playing. Space Jam. Maybe, that, maybe that's inappropriate. Yeah, you got to rewatch Space Jam. Vladdy Divas is in Space Jam. You talking yeah. about Dr. Bugs Bunny and the rest of the? Tune characters zap the talent out of the NBA players. Are you comparing that to right now? Yes. Yes, I am. Did you also say Vladdy Divac is in Space Jam? He is. He is. No, he isn't. Uh, is he? I, I, yeah, I would recommend yeah. you rewatch the movie because we spoke about this recently on the podcast and you are not appreciating uh, Bill Murray's hey, hey. role in the movie, which means that you need to rewatch it. Muggsy Bogues, Larry, uh, Sean Bradley. Larry Johnson, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, and Michael no, Jordan. He's not one of the main guys. He's in a scene again. When the vi- the reason I, I thought about it is because in the movie, this mystery uh, virus they think it's a virus or a disease is spreading amongst NBA players, and the Lakers and that's right refuse to take the court, and that's when Vladdy Divas plays for the Lakers. Remember, and they all put on like gas masks. So he's like in the movie, but he's not part of the movie. He's not a main like character. A prop, like a physical prop. Like who would who would play that role in 2020? Boban. Oh. What's Boban? that? Boban. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, thank you very well. So we're going to start the podcast right now. We just thought we'd uh, give you guys a uh, quick sort of breakdown interpretation of what has transpired within the last 24 hey, hours. Or so. Thoughts and, and prayers to the Raptors. Exactly. And just to clarify what our comments were before, because obviously we were misspoken and we didn't have all the information in front of us. And it caused, obviously, um, the severity of it sped up quite a bit last night. And, so and we do apologize if we did say anything insensitive or we didn't really acknowledge the severity of it. But, you know, obviously we're doing this now to... Uh, and one last note, if you were at the fundraiser last night with Norman Powell... Please do the right thing and just self-quarantine. The Raptors are doing it. The staff are doing it. Everyone at MLSE is doing it. Do it as well, please. All righty. Wash your hands and uh, all right. Here's the podcast. All my life. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Here's North oh! to the rim. Big time move right there. The early in this game. How about Norm Powell? Going up strong. Gets that big step and he's up. Hustle paid the price. Here's Powell. Off the break! <laughs> Slam dunk over Giles! Oh man, that was nasty. That's that power we were talking about earlier, Matt. In this biz, it looked like I'm just gonna keep on getting rich. Ah! Carter comes up shooting. Got it! 1.2 seconds to go! Vince Carter, you are amazing! Give it to me! Little baby black! Get that garbage out of here! Welcome to Toronto Sport Matters, podcast number 86. 86. Ooh, 86. Uh, I am joined. Lucky Your number is 86. (laughs) That's fucking weird. Um, Anyways, we are joined with 
Christian Wolfgang Graffin, who had a lovely baby shower this weekend. I did. I did. You both bailed, but uh, <laughs> no, you both got me great gifts. So thank you. Back. I was sick. Okay. Okay. Prior engagement. Oh, sorry. Like there's like a massive flu virus going around globally and there's a bunch of babies and your pregnant girlfriend and I didn't want to contaminate them with my poison. Brandon was just hungover. I'm, I'm, no. glad, I'm glad you didn't come if you were actually sick, but mm-hmm. but um, you don't you don't actually have coronavirus, do you? No. Okay, okay. okay AKA the common flu. We'll get to that a little bit later. And we're also joined by uh, Gregory Yeroshadis. Greg, do you see Joe Biden like uh, get face to face with that guy in that like Detroit? Uh, and he, yeah, yeah. And he like talked shit in his face. He said something like uh, gun control. Yeah, it was something about gun control. Well, uh, tell our listeners what happened. If well, it just happened today, right? Yeah. Like, like I don't remember exactly what he said, but it he was just basically that- told him like, like that he's dead wrong or something like that. Like, not a big deal. Joe Biden's getting old and senile, man. Like he snaps really quickly. He's two years younger than Bernie Sanders. But Bernie Sanders is much sharper mentally. Joe Biden can't even finish sentences. Is that a literacy thing or is that an age thing? I don't know, but the man is not sharp. He's just someone that the establishment dug up to try to stop the democratic socialist movement. Alrighty, and with that note, let's switch over to the Toronto Raptors basketball. (laughs) Um, I guess the topic at hand, we'll start it off with our impressive five-game West Coast road trip, four and one, four wins against teams we probably should be beating: Utah Jazz, Sacramento Kings, Golden State Warriors, and the Phoenix Suns, and a loss to the Denver Nuggets. Gregory, Euro Shadis, what are your big takeaways from this road trip? Um, anything of note that you want to talk about? I I really think um, well, we were really in that game in in Denver. It was a hotly contested contest. I believe we were playing without a center. Right, so we didn't have a Baca back. Uh, we still didn't did, didn't have Gasol back, and when their best player, OG center, yeah, like when their best player is is a center in the case of Denver, your odds of winning the game are going to be low, and you're playing in Denver. That being said, um, really, like you know, obviously you expect to win in Phoenix uh, over this uh, streak too. Like Norman Powell has come out and played amazing. He played so good in Sacramento, and then last night, uh, last night I think was a signature win. Right, um, he goes down early. They're able to bounce back. Ibaka plays amazing. Siakam plays amazing. Lowry plays amazing. McCaw plays thirty something minutes. Great defense. OG, of course, is just like the silent whatever through, through the whole thing. I like how when you went amazing, amazing, amazing. McCaw, he he was there and in the game. Well, amazing, amazing. He did. No, I mean when you when you talk about playing like he played over thirty minutes and I, he didn't even come into the game thinking he was going to probably play after that. Right, because you had to play because Norman Powell went out. Um, it's really impressive. Like that win last night was very impressive because Utah is a tough place to play. They're fourth in a very contested Western Conference. You, you didn't even game plan for not having Norm. That's what the impressive thing is. Because he's of, been your best scorer. Bunch of Mormon racists out there. And let me tell you, I thought I woke up in Bizarro World today. The end of first take, Stephen A. Smith puts the Raptors in his top five. Puts us as four, actually. Right? No other Eastern Conference team in there, except for the right. Bucks, obviously. And then, who leads off on the jump with Rachel Nichols, the Gossip Queen? A segment on Pascal Siakam and the Raptors in Utah. So, maybe the Western Boom. Conference trick. Maybe this trip. <laughs> the Gossip Queen. The Gossip Rachel Queen herself, Nichols. man. Wait, does no. that make you the Gossip King? I am. Okay. Right? Look, so... No, he's a prince. Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith is a king. Come on. Give the man the respect. Put some respect on my Put name. Put respect on my... That's like more Bill Cosby. Well, anyway, so just to answer your question, I'm I'm very impressed, but I'm not surprised. Um, 
this team is more fun to watch than any Raptors team ever. I mean, don't forget we lost to Denver the week before. Charlotte we had lost to. Milwaukee beat us before that. We come yeah, off three but, bad losses. No, I, but I'm like saying, I said, those but we didn't have a center against Denver mm-hmm. or against Charlotte. And in the Charlotte game, we just lost to Milwaukee. And you expect it's, a, it's like a letdown is, game. You can almost look at this road trip, though, and say you can expect to lose it. Like, if we had lost two of four, split it, let's just say. Yeah. It would have been an okay road okay. trip. But the fact that we won three, I mean, we gutted out. It was the, win, the Utah game. The, wins. the the Utah win was great. Sacramento was a good win, too, honestly. Like, Fox is a very good player. We're, no, they, me and but Brandon on the second night of the back-to-back. Of course. Right? I, I fully agree. That was the marquee game last night, especially with Powell going out. OG got injured for a bit there as well. They injured he each other. He came back. Uh, I know that was bad. Um, well, OG's a tank. Yeah, right. OG's just too big, and you yeah. saw that with Gobert. He didn't want any piece of OG later on in the game. Oh yeah, that was a serious ejected. shoving match. Well, it's yeah. just it's just more the importance of winning the games we should be winning. Um, obviously, you talk about Utah, Phoenix, Sacramento, etc. Should you win in Utah? Well, on the second night of a back-to-back, down players. No, I, I think it's the exact opposite. We're winning well, games that we shouldn't be winning. I'm not saying like we should be winning this game. I'm saying the importance, emphasizing the importance of beating teams that, on paper, comparatively speaking, we should beat, like the Utah Jazz, in consideration that you know even though we are three and a half games above the Boston Celtics in the second spot, we keep echoing this a lot. But you know we don't want to play you know Indiana, Philadelphia in the first round. Ideally, oh, yeah. we want to play Brooklyn, Orlando. You know Magic, I sorry, uh, the the Bucks. You know have a pretty strong stranglehold over the number one spot. So ideally, if we do, we want to keep our second position because it's going to be a tough sled in the first round if we do end up playing Philadelphia. Yeah, that, and, and just to build off that, it's not just in that first round, it's that you want to avoid Milwaukee until the Eastern Conference Finals. That's a great point as well, yeah. Right? Like, so then, uh, because if you're running to them before, you're looking at a potentially, a potential earlier exit, and they're going to, de- and if you beat Milwaukee, you're going to be worn down. Alrighty, another big uh, Toronto Raptors topic that uh, hit this week was the announcement of Norman Powell being the player of the week. Um, Huge. With the exception of last night, if not including last night's game, he's almost averaging 17 points per game. Really, uh, it seems like he's earning that contract. I know he's been a very maligned figure in the Toronto basketball media for the last couple of years based on that contract. But Graffin, do you think he can sustain this level of play? And how do you envision him? What type of player is he going to be in the playoffs? Is he going to be part of our core rotation? Is it going to be, you know, or do you see the, the, the nerves getting to him a bit? Gloat. Say it. You can gloat. So, does anyone remember the we remember. preview episode of we the remember. season? Luka uh, Doncic. I think we all said what? What did we say? Uh, the, it, we it all have who, one player who were most ex- that no, we're we most excited about to see this season. Three things. Yeah, and, and I said number one was Norm Powell. Powell and yeah. I remember I was ridiculed. I was laughed at. Yeah. I was made it's, a fool of. It's it's by it's, both of you. It's the kind of fools. thing where we're happy to be wrong about. You know what? Well, like, I'm I, happy because yes, of course he can sustain this shit. I've been telling you this since day yeah, one. No, it's he's, injuries that have been plaguing Norman Powell, and especially this season. I, I think the number one thing that changed for Powell is the fact that Kawhi was here last year. Mm-hmm. Every single person thinks that the impact of Kawhi was on OG and his def- and now OG steals are up and all. That. I think Powell's offensive game has gone to another level. A because his shooting is different. There's something different about his shot. Uh, it looks different, like the form. It looks way more, looks way more crisp. And again, he shoots right at the top of his arc, yeah, kind of like can't Westbrook block it. does. So it's can't impossible block it. to block. Um, and then two, I think I don't know. I have a feeling, and this is just a hunch, that Kawhi's impact really, really had a lasting effect on on Powell. And again, not just his 
His because de- Powell a lot of the time is on the other team's best player or the best guard. Let's just say yeah. he's defensively stepped his game up. Offensively, of course, he's gone to a next level now, especially the second half of the season. But but yeah, no, of course, Armand Powell I think could keep it up. It's the injuries that are going to stop him, and we really really need him for the playoffs. He's uh, you know he's a player. Him and OG are starting now to hit new levels that. Like, which again, our ceiling rises because that's these guys are so young and they're still getting better. That if they can keep that high going for the playoffs, uh, there's less of a limit on what the Raptors can do. And there's an, another thing about Powell that I think has also been influential is his training uh, with Kobe Bryant in the summer. Agreed. Uh, right. Agreed. And also, you know, this was something that I heard Lowry say when he, when he was interviewed about Powell last year that. You know, he doesn't think that Powell should be playing around with the ball, that it should be he should be elevating because no one could block his shot, or going downhill because no one could stay in front of him. And a few years ago, if you remember, Powell trained with DeRozan in the offseason. And he came back and he was trying all these like little shimmies and like he was just he was trying to be um Mini uh, DeMar? Well, yeah, like, like he, he was trying to use fakes and jukes and like little moves. But players like that, you don't get, you have to play to your strengths. And that's what I see with, with Powell. He's playing to his strengths. Well, he's just simplified the game. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. He's simplified it, right? Um, he's and, not overthinking things and he's not thinking, wow, I can do 20 things or he's going, I can do two things. Yeah. Really well. Again, what did we said about Nick Nurse earlier, right? They perfect your what you do yeah, well and just exactly. make sure they're good. And you can see the game is slowed down for him. Like, I know we say that a lot. Like, what does it mean when we say to the game slows down? Like, he's able to read the game and understand how he's going to affect it. And, man, like, w- like every time he shoots it, I think he's going in. Like, over that week when he was averaging plus 30, he was doing it on, like, plus 50% field goal percentage. Just so many of his shots are coming from three. So, to, and don't forget, that game that we lost against the Bucks. Norman Powell wasn't playing. Norman Powell loves playing against the Bucks. That's where playoff Powell came from. Yep. So it's it's really exciting, and you'd love to see it, right? Because he's such a good guy. Well, Nick Nurse always says it. Like our team right now has it has eight starters, basically. Yeah. Right. Like we have eight starters. So what do you do? And Powell so, has sort of forced his way into. Sorry about ball. that, guys. Some random person just walked in the room. <coughs> yeah, and you know what? And, <laughs> trying and, to get a taste of our knowledge. And thank God that <laughs> the Raptors brass has more patience than I do because I was advocating to sell high on Powell. Let's get it. You know what I mean? But now it's like it would be foolish to have traded this guy because this is the guy that when you signed that four-year deal to, this is the player that you thought he was going to turn into. And kudos to them because this is he really is. like He's a border. He's playing like an all-star right now. My last point on Powell is what you just hinted at right there, but Name another player that $11 million or $12 million a He's year amazing is value, value right now. He is the best value in the NBA, I think. But before, we were saying the opposite, right? Because Contracts but now we, mature, yeah, yeah. right? Like You, yeah. you, you want to build that up because, again, the first two years, it's a learning. The last two years, he comes out and does this. It's true. It's true. I it's mean, great value. Alrighty, jumping into the second quarter. Before we get into this, I just got a little uh, little piece of journalism gold that I just saw in the ringer. Oh. So, uh, The Way Back. Do you guys know that movie of Ben Affleck, the alcoholic basketball coach? I like look like complete shit, but apparently it's 88% of Rotten Tomatoes, which Yo, is absolutely insane. That is a story of my life. <laughs> um, 
alcoholism and being a basketball coach. <laughs> so anyways, uh, The Ringer put up this article. So in the movie itself, Ben Affleck apparently rejected a scholarship to play at the University of Kansas. So The Ringer wrote an article about the timeline based on the movie of how old Ben Affleck would be if he took that scholarship for Kansas. You know who he would have fucking played with? Paul Pierce, Jacques Vaughn, and Rafe LaFrance. And Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, Rafe LaFrance, Paul Pierce. I find that absolutely fucking hilarious. The old pick and roll of Ben Affleck and Paul Pierce together. Is it is it loosely based on a like true story? Like yeah, that- Ben Affleck's life of getting divorced and falling in alcoholism. No, no, no. I think that that character is a real. I mean, I'm just. I think I I'm, a, I'm a big fan of sports movies. Like I love sports good ones, movies. But good you know, ones. But this, could be this really one bad, really, it, I have it has no appeal. It me. got in, in rave reviews. Like it's like 88 percent around tomatoes. Like it looks like complete dog shit. I agree should with we you. should we all like just get really high and watch it together? Viewing party. I've been pushing. Grace is crying. He's like, and, I can relate to so much. My my buddy Ben, my buddy Ben Gwillem, who has come on this podcast before, he wants to do a top 10 basketball movies of all time podcast. I would love to do that. Yeah, number one's Hoosiers. Mm, he got game. Eh, Basketball yeah. Diaries. White man can't jump. Okay, no, it's Space anyone, Jam. Is it Space Jam? Eh, no, 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 Bud, no, no, no. Bud. If you legitimately think Space Jam is the best basketball movie of all time, you deserve to get slapped. Come on. Bill Murray was excellent in Space Jam. Oh, he, he excellent. got robbed of all awards <laughs> that year. Robbed. Larry's not white. Larry's clear. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, so we got two topics to get to in the NBA news. Uh, the first one we'll talk about before we get to the dark, dusty subject of coronavirus. Dusty subject. Um, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the uh, LA Lakers' big win over the LA Clippers this weekend. Mm. Um, so uh, before the game, the series sat at 2-0 and with a Clippers victory. I think we'd all come to the general conclusion that the Clippers are the better team overall. But the Lakers somehow took a victory against the Clip. Um, any takeaways from that game, Greg? Uh, anything you want to focus on? Uh, does, does it kind of give you a clear picture of the current NBA hierarchy right uh, now? Well, it confirms the suspicion that I had watching LeBron play against uh, the Clippers pr- and actually Milwaukee a bit previously. Like in the first game, he was noticeably passive. And a lot of people were saying, oh, he's scared of Kawhi, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking... <laughs> This must, but I mean, when you see it, like you can understand, it, it was strange, right? And to me, now seeing how he came out last game, like the one that just happened, it seems to me like it was more a piece of gamesmanship. Uh, a to get Anthony Davis involved and like run the offense through him and make him have to win in key moments, which is what he did in 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 uh, Cleveland, right? And also not show his hand too much. Right, like, because if you show them what you're going to be doing, like, I he, think that's what it is. Yeah, like he has to, he has to save something for the moments that mattered. And you know what I love? They talk about t- uh, takeaways at the, you know, as he gets subbed out of um, the game against uh, the Clippers, and uh, I think it was Kyle Kuzma that put the crown on him. Yeah, because yeah, Giannis, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Last time they were in Milwaukee, put Giannis the put the himself. crown on himself. So I, you know, and it's all in good fun, right? Like I don't think it's, we're going to talk about that. I, I think oh, yeah. just hopping on that quickly. I think Kuzma within the last month or so has been balling. 
in the sense that you know he's not going to be that third guy everyone envisioned. He's not going to be you know, a primary scorer. He's going to have to maximize his efficiency in the 25 minutes he plays every game. And he's become a catalyst on defense. And he can good drain rebounder. the open three and good rebound. He's been yeah. exactly. It's a great point. He's been very hyper aggressive on the he's board. Tall, man, he's a tall player. You know what I mean though? Like a lot of these young players get pigeonholed in certain situations the and they AAU just can't babies, really. Yeah. yeah, and like it's it's really refreshing to see Kyle Kuzma maximize you know his opportunities and not really sort of relegate himself to you know being like those like textbook you know examples of guys who just you know don't really want to change themselves or redefine themselves because LeBron's going to trade him if he doesn't man (laughs) the story of that game though was Avery Bradley oh yeah he played great Avery Bradley came out of nowhere he played great and not to mention Marcus Morris did nothing. He was 0 for 9. He was missing everything. Like they put him in the Pat Beverly didn't was, look good at all either. Pat Beverly looked terrible. Like the Clippers didn't play a good game. Um, the Lakers, I don't want to say got lucky because they didn't, you know. These guys next door are going nuts, by the way. Right now. You guys continue this conversation. I'm going to uh, I'm going to address music. this. Continue. We're, we're apparently late to the punk party. <laughs> um, well, the 90s were a while ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, just to to what you were saying, I agree. Uh, they you know. got lucky to an extent. Is all I'm saying. Like, well, not, not. I mean, look, the the Clippers did not play well. And but Paul George and like their two stars played well, right? So in that sense, the two stars canceled each other out, right? Le- the difference between the LeBron and Kawhi, LeBron had eight assists. Kawhi had like none. Also, none. I think Anthony Davis is a substantially better player than Paul George. It was also end game. End game. LeBron took over. Like you guys, I'm sure you guys watched it, but like he's the last couple great, minutes, yeah. He comp- who? It's like he's he such can a has great a game manager. There's no one who has a switch more than LeBron. Random hypothetical question: Who would you rather have, the tandem of Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, or LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Uh the latter. I mean, right? I mean, it's, the, I've never the seen at their prime. That's a great. It's a great question because you're talking about stylistic differences, right? Kawhi, sorry, uh, LeBron and AD. You're talking about the pick and roll as the most, you know, the pick and roll lob right now is the most unstoppable play in basketball. Last year, it, it was the Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, uh, pick and pop, right? Like the high screen and like flaring out, and they're both able to shoot threes. This is the exact opposite. It's a great question. Me personally, I go with AD and and LeBron. Same, same with me. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, obviously, um, KD and Steph are, are fantastic soft, basketball players. But they're but soft. They're soft, and I think you're also uh, y- y- you can't emphasize any low post game at all. It's going to be outside shooting and the perimeter game. So yeah, I, I obviously take those two guys. Any any other takeaways from this? Did you like? Do you see the Laker? Do you see the Bucks? Like legitimately, the Bucks, Giannis and Co. Taking out the Lakers in a seven-game series? No, because I don't like LeBron. Doesn't have sorry, uh, uh, Giannis doesn't have a second guy. Like he he has a better supporting cast, but it it comes in a system. And I think that like in the playoffs and big moments, like you need guys that can create their own shot. And there's not that many guys on Milwaukee that can do that. Graph, how how many more years does Giannis have in his contract? Two, the, two yeah. this year and then next year. This year and next year afterwards. Twenty twenty two. But sure. what do what do the Bucks need to do? Like obviously it's to a championship, him? but like I I just do they need to bring in a second guy? Like from from my perspective, you know what I mean. If they don't win the championship this year, he's well, out the yeah, door. That's step one, right? If they don't win a championship, but even if they don't, if win they get to the finals, year, I think that's still a success. Agreed. For them. And then plus again, if they have the off season that they try to do something else, or the trade deadline, 
of next year yeah, where if they're not Gian- doing well. And Giannis is still getting better, and so was like so was Middleton and stuff. Like Middleton, well, Middleton can prove it, eh? Like I'm, he's I'm a good player. To, yeah, no, 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 no. But if if he has a big postseason, I think like that criticism goes away. Well, it's blood. It's brought. It's picking Bledsoe over Brogdon. I, I personally Brogdon think hasn't had a great year in that was a bad call. Uh, Indiana. But Brogdon hasn't had a great year. Indiana's one of the scarier teams. I, I wouldn't want to face Indiana. I think what Brogdon team. brings as a point guard in comparison to Bledsoe is more efficient to what defense. Giannis can do. Yeah. Um, so we're get to the second topic. I'm just going to read a bunch of shit because I personally don't really have a strong opinion about the whole coronavirus fiasco. But uh, apparently the M- apparently way to introduce. I'm just going to read a bunch. <laughs> the of NBA shit. are closing access to locker rooms and clubhouse and all non-essential personnel response to the coronavirus. The league has basically announced a joint statement Monday night and they basically made a decision after a consultation with the infectious disease and public health experts um lebron james also sta- lebron james subsequently stated friday night i, I can't read shit because there's like this massive glare over my computer but i'll try my best Daylight friday savings. night lakers star lebron james brushed out the notion the virus might soon force games be held in empty arenas his comments came despite a memo from the league office instructing teams to prepare for that eventuality and make consistency plans to reduce the size of traveling parties but lebron said i play for the fans that's what it's all about if i show up to arena and there ain't no fans there. I ain't playing. And uh, what, what, are your, what are your takeaways from this whole situation? It's a lot to take in. There's a lot of information passed away. Um, obviously, it's a massive epidemic. There's 10,000 people currently in Italy with coronavirus. They're estimating that 1 million people could potentially die from coronavirus alone in America. Currently, more than 113 people per- currently have the disease, and over 3,900 have died from the virus. How is this going to impact the NBA moving forward this season? And are there any specific takes or it's hard. things you want to add? Look, Before you go, yeah, LeBron yeah. James did go back on that a bit. He said he would play. Like he, That wasn't like a definitive thing. He, so today he, he kind of retracted those statements. Yeah, and like, I mean, most of the people that are fans of the game that are watching you aren't in the arena. It's just the people that can afford to kind of be there, <laughs> you know? So like the fans will still be supporting you. Uh, and you still have fans to play for in that sense. Um, yeah. Business-wise, though, it's a factor. Oh yeah, but like it's worse to not play at all. Like a graph, having like a new child, you know, potentially coming on into the world in a couple months, and you know, Greg being a dog owner. How do you guys feel about this whole situation? Sorry. Um, about the actual virus itself, I think the fear of the virus is doing is going to do way more damage than the virus itself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, right now there's 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 a lot of people, and I can go down conspiracy alley here. I don't want to, but. No, but, please. No, no, I can't. No, I can't. I can't. You're speaking Greg's language right now. Uh, I know, Greg. Greg, you'd love this one. Talk too. to me, buddy. <laughs> remember, remember when the U.S. said that they, or sorry, when North Korea said they had a Christmas gift for the U.S. Uh, and we never knew what it was, and then the first case came around Christmas. And isn't it weird how North Korea doesn't have any? Where did you read cases? this? Reddit and South Korea and China, the two bordering nations, have the most amount of cases. <laughs> I'm okay. We'll, we'll stop that. What were we talking about? The coronavirus. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not scared. Look, the, the death okay, rate is I, so I ju- low. Okay, I just read, according to business, four. according to Washington Examiner, nearly 200 North Korean soldiers died from the coronavirus. Incorrect. Um, it, it, I, I do, I, look, I, I think it's going to, like I said, it's going to do more damage to the fear of it alone, but I, I don't yeah. think, 
it's you have to be precautious with athletes in this sense, like especially in this day and age. You have to like limit the media, which they've already done. You have to put all measures forward because again, the last thing you'd want is for there to be no games at all. And as soon as one player gets anything anywhere, they'll just yeah. shut down all the games yeah. in all the leagues. That's the only reason why the NHL, NBA, MLS, and I think MLB all bonded together and all said we're not having any more media at our yeah. games. So it's it's serious in the but, sense that you you don't want to take it a step further than what it already is, and you want to make sure that it do, like it doesn't get there. Yeah, and uh, it's not just to protect the athletes. It's like not just you don't want to have all those people like in the same proximity, right? Um, he's right. Like you know, of course, like the the corporate news media like loves this stuff because it's like death toll reaches this right, and it keeps people watching. Uh, al- although it's probably way overblown, and they're. Uh, not covering other important things at the expense of this. Um, like that, the Toronto Raptors beating the Jets. That's right. <laughs> no, or like Ber- or Bernie Sanders. No. Um, so it is overblown. That being said, like you know, it hasn't really hit North America. Um, but by the time it does, apparently there's going to be a vaccine. And I mean, I remember a lot of this hype with SARS too, and then it kind of just went away. I mean, but again, it was serious. Like, my mom's a nurse. And yeah. it got to the point where there was quarantine. There was a lot of people that were inf- infected. But I, I think a lot of, yeah. But, but I, th- like, I think a, the, a lot of the reaction that we're getting now is just because of we've went through SARS. Agreed. And so we're trying to take these preemptive And we've all seen steps. the movie Contagion. We don't we don't want it to get Yeah, it. now all of a sudden on Netflix, you go on Netflix and it's like recommending like all these like Contagion or whatever uh, movies, I right? I was on a flight the other day or like in February to yeah. Arizona and I watched Contagion on my laptop. What up, Steven Soderbergh? Just to, just to make sure that everyone got really, really, really nervous. Oh, right? oh, oh uh, Graf, I want to ask you, uh, do you have Disney Plus? No. Greg, do you? Of course not. Ugh. No, you cannot steal our passwords <laughs> for Disney Plus, you dick. You're going to have a child soon, okay? Okay, you stole my League Pass, you stole my TMN, you've stolen it all. I know. He's stealing your League Pass? I, I have your Crave. Who, who is Look at this stealing guy. my League Pass? I have your Crave. <laughs> my dad steals my League Pass. <laughs> he, he likes to watch Giannis. <laughs> Oh, it'd be a lot easier for him when he's in Toronto. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, jumping to third quarter. Uh, I I was envisioning this as like a debate, like a hotly contested conversation about who deserves to be the MVP. Is it Giannis Antetokounmpo or is it LeBron James? Battle of Titans. But uh, apparently, Greg, the like the lib cuck he is, wants to have a conversation about the MVP debate. So we'll have a nice roundtable conversation about who deserves to be the MVP. What is I it Giannis said, or is it LeBron what James? What I said was that I don't like forced debates, right? Like sometimes when you watch first take, they're arguing just for the sake of arguing. And then you don't even know what the hell's going on anymore. Right? If some if people have a natural disagreement, that's one thing they can have a debate, right? But this guy was trying to get us all fired up here to have a freaking fist fight on air. Right? Fucking lips, eh, Graf? Have a conversation here, <laughs> right? Look, I, in the debate, I actually think that people okay. All of a sudden now, so now we're calling it a debate. All of a sudden, LeBron is now the guy for the MVP. When the whole season, it's been oh, it's totally Giannis, it's totally Giannis, and now all of a sudden, it's LeBron. Well, it's not like LeBron hasn't been around. No, no, but but I mean, these games now have have he surged over Giannis now. They have more merit, right? Well, uh, well, but still, like the Bucks and the Lakers are one and one. And to Brandon's point earlier, the Clippers still have won two out of three against LeBron and the and the Lakers. So it's just because these games are in close proximity, 
and closer to the playoffs, right? Um, okay, so I'm not taking anything away from LeBron right now. So the numbers for Giannis are just better. And he's playing. He's the best player on the best team. He's the incumbent MVP. You're seeing what happens when you take him out of the lineup. The Bucks are a middling team. I mean, his shooting is not better. His, his, his passing is not better. His number, like uh, his, dribbling his dominance, he's dominating the game. No, like, I know, but you said he's across the board. Better. His numbers, like statistically, he's got half the amount of assists as LeBron. Points, he has worse free throws. He's points, got worse three point re- percentage. Points and re- so he averages more points. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does it on a higher percentage, and he's killing it in rebounds, killing it. And, and I'm pretty sure he's only. I mean, uh, his assists aren't terrible. I mean, he doesn't have Anthony Davis on the team, but yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, but that goes like to. That's another reason why I don't think LeBron has the best case because and it's not necessarily his fault but he's playing with an all uh, an all world player beside him you can't double team him it's similar to what you saw with Durant and Curry and Thompson but to a lesser extent right uh it's easy to get 11 assists when three of them a game he's just throwing it up at the rim and AD's catching it yeah but it's just i mean he's 7 feet it's just easy to just dunk and, and you know he's not skilled you had to learn the skilled places <laughs> <laughs> and anyways look so so that's and that's my piece there. So to me, Giannis statistically best player on the best team, incumbent MVP, and his stats are better. And he's more. I think he's, if not just as important, more important to his team. My question: the three guys, just to kind of play the devil's advocate, or just kind of be We're in the middle of this conversation. Here. If you took each respective player from their current team and you plot them on a contender like the Clippers, who would make the team better? Who would look better in that situation? I think it depends on which team you put him on. I said on, Clippers. Right? Clip. Uh, Giannis would fit better, I think, on the Clippers than LeBron. You think? Because uh, Kawhi plays the LeBron's okay, position. Okay, ra- Raptors then. Let's throw the Raptors out there. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But how about if we switch them? Typical liberal answer. How about how about if we switch them? Like, 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 if Giannis was on the Lakers, right, okay. and LeBron was on the Bucks, would do you think that the Bucks would be doing this well? I don't think they would. I think. Are you would. insane? I, I don't think they would. LeBron's done less with, or done more with less. I don't know if he has the energy anymore. Have you not seen? He went to the fucking finals. Larry Hughes and Eric Snow as yeah, his fucking when he sidekick. was twenty-one. Right, he's thirty-five now. I don't think he can. I don't think he has the energy to to, to do what Giannis. Giannis plays defense too. Sorry, had to bring that up. Giannis plays defense. LeBron played defense over the weekend, but he's not like a dominant defensive player. He doesn't. He's saving it. He's got to switch, right? Yeah, like, uh, he needs to. And that's a, if so. My main argument for LeBron winning MVP because you're not wrong. Like I, in the there's end no of the right day, answer. In my, in, the, in my they're in, both great. Options. Deep down, it is it is like Gianna should win MVP, but. Brandon's looking, (laughs) scowling through the glass. It's like a legacy award, too. LeBron's won four. Yeah, that's a good point. He's getting to the point now where, I mean, Giannis is getting better. Like, he's going to win a lot more. LeBron lost a lot of MVPs based off that. So, Mm -hmm. if you're going to go off historical, LeBron James right now should have six, maybe even more. So, he lost some to, like, the... Derek, like you know, great seasons of players, but just them but, wanting to give an award to someone besides yeah, LeBron. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like so, so he's thirty fucking five years old at this point. We don't know when we're going to see that drop off. We really don't. There's never been anyone this like year. this. When Michael Jordan was playing at year thirty-five, he was cadaver, barely gave no. the court for the Washington Wizards. No, twenty twenty-one, twenty-one points a game, boy. No, man, that's at forty. When he was 38, thirty-five. 38. But he was, he was retired at 30. He was averaging like 28 and he was winning championships. He was batting 141 for the <laughs> Chicago White Sox, double A minor league system. 
Um, no, but yeah, but, the, the, but you're right that like he's leading he's leading in the league in assists. He's playing point guard. There, there's a bunch like, of great names out there for sure. Like James Harden's balling out. Luka Doncic no, looks fantastic. No, but, no, these two are. Yeah, but there's a consensus number one. I always kind of echo this on the podcast on a regular basis. But we know who the real MVP is. It's Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> man, jo- six man of the year, Giannis comeback player 20, of the year, Giannis MVP. Is 25 and he's already won an MVP. Let LeBron win one. Okay, so I There's think that's my a good, No, <laughs> I think okay. Honestly, I think that's a, the the legacy thing. Like really, because all these other little factors vote in. Let's not pretend like things like this don't yeah, vote they're in. They're both first. Le, like both you said, stats are crazy. when LeBron had the stats and whatever to get the MVP, but they gave it to other guys because other factors, okay? Same thing happened to Shaq. Yeah. Steve I I mean, I I'm Our man, sorry Steve to say Nash, it, but yeah. Steve Nash I but, mean, or maybe it was Dwayne Wade that's it. But anyways, no, 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 matter. you're right. No, it was Shaq. It was Shaq, right? And, yeah, yeah, and he's still so, bitter about it. Ugh. And fuck Shaquille O'Neal, man. He didn't even put us in the playoffs this year. Guy's such a Kyle Lowry hater. Add him to the list. He's such a Kyle Lowry hater. Yeah, Shaq's on the list. The list. You know what's hilarious? That uh, that bet he lost with Dwayne Wade, where he had to like grow his, his hairline. Oh. His hairline. That was hilarious. I thought it was fake. I honestly thought that was fake. He, he got he did he did the old Carlos Boozer Sharpie trick. No, oh yeah, no, no, no. Part of that. Was that part of that was definitely fake. like it was all the way like on the back of his head? His yeah, because you know who's been doing that? Kenny Smith. He started to like he, they have a little lineup that he has. I don't know if you've noticed it. Well, he keeps going back and back and back. No, no, no. <laughs> like he's brought out the hairline again, but like just on the on the edges. I'm not you, hair club for men. Um, I'm not paying attention. That is much. LeBron James's hair real? More after this. Quick commercial break. That's the question. Uh, Alrighty, we're going to the last subject of the goddamn podcast. That is quarter number four. Greg's Great, sponsored by Diamond Pizza. Your number one East York uh, go-to destination for poutine and fucking deep-fried panzerottis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about the uh, the fiasco that is the Brooklyn Nets. They became a team that I absolutely love the last couple of years because uh, their, their, their previous ownership just completely fucked them over. They trade all their draft picks, all their draft capital, for, and they just bottomed out. The, the trade didn't work out, but they were very smart about picking up you know late first-round gems, second-round picks, overseas guys, yep. scrappy free agents, etc. Yep. Yep. And last year, you could see the, you know all that come to fruition when the team you know finished at 42 and 40. There wasn't a marquee superstar, but the team gelled together under you the guidance so, and so the discipline. Happy. Well, it's Kenny Atkinson. You know, he's a leader of men type, no eagles in the locker room. Every Everyone sort of embraced that sort of blue collar rhetoric he was espousing, and you know the team obviously lost in the first round last year. But you can see glimmers of optimism. They and for even me, played per- well. Like they played well in that. Right. First round. And, and for me, you know, looking, uh, being a fan of that team and looking at them, you know, bringing guys like Kim Durant, DeAndre Jordan, and obviously Kyrie Irving this offseason, I was pretty optimistic about their outlook this season, considering what Chucky Atkin or uh, Kenny Atkinson, sorry, was able to get out of that organization. But. Um, Currently, their team's been a not a dumpster fire, but twenty eight and thirty four. And Kenny recently uh, announced his decision to step down. He resigned as the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. There's a lot of information leaking out, but um, one big guy who's been really close to this whole story is Sham Shiny of the Athletic. And I'll read a couple things that he reported. Apparently, Nets held a spirited team meeting, according to sources, starting with several veterans expressing that they wanted to see Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, play like 
the player they know, and later with people in the room calling out Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan. Then perhaps the most critical thing that happened, sources say Durant chimed in, pointing out that the Nets must improve their habits and they're not building the proper culture traits necessary for a title contender. Chance continued to say that Durant and Irving never connected with Atkinson, and there was a growing belief that they did not have interest in playing for him when this team is a whole again next season. Greg, what is your interpretation of this? Is it is it like another is it is it Durant Irving? Is it just Irving? Do you think Atkinson was probably not connecting with them the way a coach should be? What are your takeaways? What's your gripe and what's your perspective uh, of the situation? You mean he wasn't pandering to them, right? Like yeah, I can't say that I'm surprised, right? This is the the the, the era that we're in, um, where bottom line, if the stars of a team don't buy into what the coach is preaching. It's a lot easier to get rid of the coach. Uh, it's a dangerous precedent. It's a culture killer. And but we said this from a couple months ago when when we were talking about Kyrie's comments about how like oh we're not there yet. We have to get more pieces uh, to surround. Uh, and then he listed off some players and he excluded other players. When I heard him say that, I was like, um, okay, this team is not coming together this year. Um, and it's very, you know what, like if you're Atkinson, yeah, you're pissed because you built this program up. You got everyone to buy in. You put in all the hard work. But honestly, that's like, it. you got everyone to buy in. But but again, like that you got them to buy in on the assumption that everyone is equal. Right. You're all part of a bigger whole and you're yep. all sacrifice. Yep. But the way that that team is going to function next year is not going to be that. I knew this was going to be a problem in the, in the fucking preseason when the Raptors played them. And Kevin Durant mm-hmm. was sitting like not with the players. He was sitting like beside the players where the owners sit. And he had like his his like his hat on. And then snake. Yeah. And then and then um, Kyrie after the game or like, sorry, in the fourth quarter, he went and he took off his jersey and he sat there with Durant instead of with the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And you could see, like, okay, these guys have like had some kind of deal with ownership. They obviously have ownership's ear, and there's going to be a culture change. And it's upsetting because, like you say, they were a good basketball story. And look, the Raptors are going to have to con- uh, contend with these guys next year, right? They're going to have a lot of talent, and apparently, Tyron Lou is the guy that's, which is actually funny because I remember. Uh, Kyrie talking shit to Lou and he asked for a trade from the Cavs when Lou was there. Right? And if anything, he just wants Lou because Lou kind of just lets the players do whatever they want. But is that what it takes to be a good coach in the modern NBA? Bingo. No, I don't think that's what it takes to be a good coach in the modern NBA. Survive as a coach? No, I think that's what it takes to coach Two prima donnas, yeah. superstars, AAU babies. Man. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like we, I, everyone knows I don't like Durant, and uh, it's not just. I mean, his play is unreal. He's an unbelievable player. One Just of the, best the way ever. he carries himself. It's the way that him, and then Kyrie's like number two for me. Yeah, in terms of off court shenanigans. Yeah, people I dislike based off off court annex. Yeah, it's it's number one. I, I don't so think there's a player. Like, okay, when this it's happened, I was, I was, Gra- Graf, you, Graf, they say it was mutual. Graf, you and I were having a debate about this when Duran and Irving went to Brooklyn, and I was a huge fan of this decision. Um, in retrospect, looking at this situation, looking at the fact that Kenny Atkinson was forced out of this organization, fuck those guys. I'm sorry, but like, I, I know it's a very harsh statement to say. They're both incredibly talented. Kevin Durant is an incredibly talented player, still top five in my opinion. Yeah. But Kyrie Irving is putting himself in a position to become the our generation's fucking Reggie Jackson. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he, like he, he he's a fantastic basketball player. He is a top five point guard, but he's not good enough. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not LeBron James. He's not Giannis Antetokounmpo. To come where he in. feels like he can have this sort of domineering presence over over an organization like this. He did it with Boston. He fucking did it with Cleveland. And he fucked up both times. What right? like what discernible skill set? What accomplishment has he? Gain in his Riding career. LeBron's exactly. I'm tired of his bullshit. I'm sorry, but I, I and and I, I said that like he's going to be the next Reggie Jackson. If shit doesn't go right for Brooklyn next year, you know what I mean. Like obviously he's locked in that contract, but I just don't see his career going anywhere if he's already become this sort of malignant force in the locker room. He's become, especially within his short career. It's been five years or so, and he's already become the most vilified guy in the league by his own accord. I I I agree with you. Uh, Unfortunately, though, he's put himself in a can't-lose situation a bit because he teamed up with the league's most talented scorer. And because we all know that he can get a bucket when he needs to get a bucket. And that's, sorry, you asked what he's accomplished? He accomplished hitting that three in the series against Golden State. That is his legacy, right? So because of that since then, yeah. he's had an ego the size of this room. Because he thinks people are going to remember him by that. As but you're right. To, you're, like, but you're right. He's trying to be like LeBron, where, where you can literally go in and like be a force in an organization instead of being a player. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right that he's not that good. It's guys, just that now he's attached to Durant. Do Sorry. you guys remember at the beginning of the season, before it even started, they went to like, I think it was China or it was somewhere. And he forgot it and, and he refused. He refused to do some sort of like biometrics thing or something he, like that. He, or it was his hat he didn't in the want picture to take off his as hat. well. There was like three incidences in one trip to China. And yeah. right from the beginning, yeah. I had a funny feeling that this yeah. this. Whole yeah. Well, you called it out. Work. You know what I mean? Like you were very against this and you did not believe that they, like I was very optimistic. You were not, uh, I guess in retrospect, you were right. I don't know what we're going to see from the team what next season. What if they season, win a championship in the next couple of years? They're going to be a force. They're going to be very good next year, depending but both. I don't know. think so. I don't think so because I don't think they have the complementary pieces to win a championship. On paper, they have great guys. I bought the Kenny Atkinson system, but I just don't see them being able, like Spencer Dinwiddie is not going to be like a like stand of the perimeter 3.0 open shoot like Jared Smith oh, you know he's not going to stay like yeah. it's just, he won't be around it's, 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 it's tough like the moving pieces worked as a cohesive unit when Kyrie and KD weren't there and now they're just like there's like clog in the motor and they're just trying to keep the motor going but like they like I just I don't see it happen the thing is like to, to, to counter your point though it's not like they're winning the championship with the team they had before those two either right like you're, you're not wrong there was improvement Kenny Atkinson's first season he had 20 wins Second season, I think it was like twenty eight, and then the third season forty two. Yeah, but look so at the—he's done well, but it's not like that team was going to win the championship. But they drafted well, they developed their players well. Pascal Siakam was a twenty seventh overall pick, and now he's one of the best players in the NBA. You know what I mean? They facilitated a culture where guys who were coming in, yeah. regardless of what draft pick was, they were successful. They were placed in position to be successful. Every and single guy they hit on, basically. We said this: they sold their soul when they decided to do this deal. It's a tricky, tricky. And a slippery slope because look how it, much the it, Raptors exactly. did last year to please Kawhi exactly. with with no results. I think and that, that the, and, and that caused issues. It did, of it, course that it did. right you I, I you could see that the players the way that because Kawhi the way that he kind of isolated himself you could see I, there was a point when Lowry was definitely bitter. Glad and that, we won. Yeah, glad no, we won, or else who knows what would have happened, right? Yeah, like, but, but, but but this year's team they're more together, right? You see that we're definitely more together, and it's more fun to watch. 
it's also the impact of a coach. You know what I mean? I think it's one thing a lot of people are overlooking is how one individual, one leader can sort of change a culture of an organization. You look at Mike Budenholzer coming into the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, yeah. replacing Jason Kidd, and that team maximized their potential. It's the same team, more or less, but Mike Budenholzer, you know what I mean, was the right guy in that situation. Yeah. You know, the best Kenny the- Atkinson, in my opinion, is going to be a sod-after coach after yeah. the season because you know that no matter how shitty your team is, let's say hypothetically speaking, Dwayne Casey, Knicks, for, it's great, Knicks. great point. You know what I mean? He's a guy that can get from everything from every, like all the talent on his team. Hey, but listen, like I agree with you, right? The coach as as the group's leader, uh, an organizing force. But in certain if, situations, if your best right? players yeah, exactly, don't yeah. buy in, yeah, yeah. the rest of the team won't buy in. But okay, but we're saying right now that we're assuming that it's buy into like a system. It's Kenny Atkinson's like system. It's in, from in what mi- I've read, it's not that. From what I've read, it's small things. It's like the the decision to 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 try to favor DeAndre Jordan over Jared Allen in terms of minutes right now because Kyrie and Durant want, want DeAndre Jordan to DeAndre play. Jordan whereas to play. Jared Allen's a way better center in my opinion. A, he's better. B, he's younger. He's younger. He needs to get more yeah. minutes. And and you don't want DeAndre Jordan to you know playing this much in the regular season and, anyways. And so, since so, Atkinson left, Jordan started. Yeah, and he started the it's first even game like, too when the assistant coach was doing it. So I no, think no, 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 yeah, no, that's what I I'm saying. I think it's small things like that. I don't think it's like a it's a I think it's just like literally a, they they don't like him it's, and he it's, doesn't it's like, like them. Specific decisions, but they're actually trying to. It's to like, like they're both specifically trying to do things now to, to, to you know what I mean to, to contradict each other. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the point it got to in the in the locker room. And I'm it's the and old heads versus the young heads. I'm full. I'm full Atkinson on this. Yeah, me too. Like 100. percent Anybody smart would be. Yeah. Like it's it's complete fucking shit. Like I just there's another thing. I, I it's not necessarily part of the gripe. I just like there's one player I just want to sort of throw some love to um, on the Detroit Pistons. That's Christian Wood. He has God, yes. emerged as one of the best big men in the league. See Wood. Do you, do you remember Great first name? Do you, Christian Wood. Say it. <laughs> he must be really religious. Uh, I remember. <laughs> remember when he was drafted though? Do you remember that draft day? That nope. photo? Nope. Okay, I'll show you guys after this. Christian Wood on draft day. Many people are speculating he's going to be a fo- like a late first. Never gets drafted. And then the only photo of him is bawling his eyes out, it's collapsed down, folded Aww. on a chair, just completely heartbroken. And now he's playing under a coach who believes in him, Dwayne Casey. Uh, he's playing under a coach who calls his shit out, um, like Dwayne Casey. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic that he's going to get paid. He's the unrestricted free agent this season. Most contending teams could use a big man who can play the four or five, drain the open three, uh, or question, drain the three in general. Question for you, though, Brandon. How much is he worth? A half a season of being really good when Andre Drummond left. No Blake Griffin all season long. Three years, thirty six. They're going to get a three years, thirty six draft pick. Three thirty six. That's what I would do. And I, 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 I think they should resign him. I, I think he's. I, like he came in the league being too skinny to play in the prim- or the low post, and he wasn't an efficient enough shooter to play in the outside. He's bulked up and he's improved drastically as an outside shooter. Um, he, I I wouldn't give him like twenty to thirty million, but twelve fifty million dollars per season. I think it'd be a smart decision for a lot of teams. Were you at Charlotte Hornets? Hardy, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with another podcast. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. You can catch us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Music, etc. Have a fantastic week and peace out, D-Dot.